0: Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh. This is another journal episode from my car. Um, I promise you one day I will go inside. But until then, we're doing this. I like this. It's easy right now. Uh, today, I promise you I'm going to sit down and try to figure something out. But I really like doing these episodes, and some of you really say that you like the kind of off-the-cuff nature, my lack of being prepared. You enjoy it. Anyway. So what I've realized is that a lot of folks uh, are not um, starting at the first episode. I don't always start at the first episode. So I'm starting to realize I need to start kind of from scratch, go back, revisit things, talk about some things, and today is exactly that. We're starting from the tippity top. Um, And let's start here. You are a soul you at your purest nature are just awareness and that's it until that even folds in on itself and you're nothing but let's just call you an awareness let's call you Atman soul self whatever that is right and we see that we are that thing and not the thinking mind and not the feeling body and we see that when we, when, well, when I ask you something like, when your mind is racing, who is aware that the mind is racing? And you would say, well, I am. And I would say, well, that piece of you that is aware, is that thing racing when your mind races or is it just simply aware? Something to think about typically it's just aware until you sink down into being the mind and you start to identify as the mind again you start to identify as the thinker again and now you got to do something about it um and that's you know kind of where the trap is not the trap but that's where the work is um everyone here has remembered things they'd rather not remember ever again They've thought about things they'd rather not think about. And they've thought in ways they'd rather not think, you know, um, I think in ways Well, I used to think in ways that I wished I didn't think, um, now, like I've said in past episodes, I'm leaning into the incarnation. Now I'm leaning into my Keithness and my Keithness isn't always, um, likable, Or it is, and it is, I don't know. But I can be abrasive, I can be short, I can be, uh, I can lack tact. Um, These are things that my girlfriend enjoys about me. Um, And these are things that for a long time in relationship with other people, I would try to hide, I would try to pretend I was somebody else. I mean, they inevitably come back. Or there are things that somebody always wanted to change in me, and this person does not want to change me. She enjoys me just the way. And that's good. Because I've decided I don't know how to do anything else, and it's really exhausting to try to do something else. So here we are um, <laughs> warts and all. But um, we start to see that there is this piece that is aware. And the more we uh, start to describe it as the whole and less of a piece, and say that that is me, I am the awareness, the less we are triggered by the mind and the thought and the memory and all that stuff. Um, it is. It takes time, but that's not the goal. Understand that. You're never going to just live as the witness. Okay, that's not going to happen. So. Let's say, you know, you can believe me, you cannot believe me, whatever. Let's just say your soul, Atman, self-awareness, whatever we're going to call it. Now, there is a quote-unquote spiritual anatomy to this. It's a term that I kind of like using. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it like that, but I consider it an anatomy. And it's spiritual. It's a spiritual anatomy. It's the whatever. Anyway, so... uh, and that would be that there is and they, they talk about this in the, in the Vedas and what that would be is that it is the duty of the human incarnation to recognize its identity as Atman soul uh, whatever awareness it is then the duty of Atman soul, awareness to recognize its identity its true identity as Param Atman God, Brahma the big mammoth, source, whatever Right? But what happens is that the Atman has a thing called a subtle body. And that subtle body is what Atman takes from incarnation to incarnation. And that serves as, you could call it a curriculum, uh, you could call it the mind, and you could call it karma. Okay? And the, that karma or those karmas. Uh, well, actually, what might be more accurate to say is that what the subtle body, probably closer to what it might be, would be samskaras or personality. And from the samskaras, from that personality, the karma is built upon it. Um, it's none of it's in stone. You can change it. You can, well, your karma, you can clear it. Personality is the incarnation. It's it's my Keithness, Right. And my Keithness comes with certain attractions and aversions. That would be the karma. And those attractions and aversions create cause and effect. And I change those when I change what I'm attracted to and what I'm averse to. That starts to change. Karma is not a mystical scorekeeping system. It is neither good nor bad. It just is. So that's the subtle body. Is is you could call it the mind. Okay, it's just the mind. The way you think, more accurately, you could probably call it the subconscious mind. And I'm being very broad. You can really get into some minutia with this stuff, but um, let's just, you know, take it as is. If you have questions or comments, you can call me. If you have my number, <laughs> um, if not, you know, I'll call you. You know, if you send me a number, I will call you and we will talk. Um we're we're old friends. Or you can just DM me. That's probably too. I'm not real good with the email for some reason. Also, I notice crazy people tend to email me. Huh. Um ah, crazy people DM me too, actually. Anyway, so the subconscious mind. So we we can we're done with our like spiritual into this, let's just start looking at the mind. Um this, you have a subconscious mind, sub meaning you know below or underneath or whatever, and you could say the subconscious mind is outside of your conscious awareness. Okay, It is the operating system. It is beliefs and experiences and memories. And let's understand that those beliefs are built upon these subjective experiences that are built upon other beliefs that are built upon samskaras and all these other things. It's all very subjective, but it's yours. So that's your subconscious mind. Then you have your conscious mind, which is all of your, the thoughts and things that you're aware of. Those thoughts that you believe you're thinking when in reality, they're actually just always coming up that way. Uh, But the main function of that conscious mind is imagination and fantasy. It's very imaginative and very fanciful. Um, It elaborates on things. and makes a big to-do out of things. And anyway, so, but the conscious mind will never think about things in a way that's not related to the subconscious, meaning that if your subconscious mind, like mine was for a good portion of my life, was wired for adversaries and threats, well, my thoughts will never be, until I change it, my thoughts weren't at least, that the world was safe and people were amazing. It wasn't that way due to experience as a child, uh, but that, you know, so my thoughts would be around potential threats, potential adversaries, analyzing, controlling, these kinds of things, and um, that's, uh, that's just, you know, that's fine, but that, so that's the conscious mind and the subconscious, you could also think of subconscious as operating system, conscious mind as applications and software, The subconscious mind you could all say it gives an experience to the user right the awareness as the user as the experiencer so back to thinking things you don't want to think thinking in ways you don't want to think and thinking or remembering things you don't want to remember well you didn't think those thoughts you didn't sit there bored on a saturday and decide well i'm just gonna see how i fucked up my life and i'm just gonna dwell on it and think no that's not what happened These things arose out of the mind based off of stimuli in your environment, probably. And so, well, the word that I like is to say that you experienced it. That you experience the mind. You experience your thoughts. You experience the feelings in the body. You didn't necessarily choose them. Think about that for a minute. No pun intended, right? that you're not exactly just bored and thinking things you know, lately I've been very keenly aware of that with myself that like, you know, my attachment style stuff and my life trap stuff and my personality stuff that comes up it's like, I'm not asking for any of this and I'd rather it not happen so I've, you know, uh, had to do some conscious persistent conscious things to, you know straighten that out. It's definitely possible. But um, you experience the mind. Now, why would we say, oh, I experienced this rather than I did it? Because language is one of those cognitive faculties of the mind. Judgment, perception, consciousness, language, memory, and thinking. Your language or language is one of those symbols that tells the body how to feel about things it creates a reality so know that the mind is always reminding the body how to feel and it's reminding the body how to feel with symbols symbols are reminding the body how to feel okay um and that's your entire life is you these symbols are I'm sorry I'm on like a bit of a weird grade right now this this road is very strange they are clearly uh getting rid of something okay and we're back um they're stripping this road and it was an awful sound which I can imagine only sounded worse where you're sitting um I feel like road work is just money laundering you know what I mean? It's like, are you... just this... Because you think about it, right? Like, we have seasons here. And this... Like, you're going to do this, like, right before season? You're going to just start taking shit apart? I don't know. Um, I think everything's some kind of goofy shit. Anyway, so you experience the mind, you experience the body, and you're the washer. Now, the reason I like the word experience because language is a cognitive faculty of the mind. And language is a series of symbols that tell the body how to feel. So when you think about how it all gets put together, you know, and you're born and someone says, well, you are sad, don't be sad. Are you sad or are you experiencing sadness? So for a long time, we're just raised, identifying with our emotions, identifying with our mind. Oh, why would you think that way? Well, did did you think that way or did the mind produce a thought that you experienced and felt so attached to it because it made you feel so uncomfortable that you had to say something. That's really what's happening. So the mind is not, and and I heard Mingo Rinpoche say this, the mind is not a thing, it is an event. And I love that. The mind is not a thing, it is an event. I love it. I think it's very accurate. So, try to imagine this. Think of the subconscious as a lens, right? And uh, there's an illustration I have that I do with this that I think I'm going to have to put on my Instagram for you guys to look at. But something happens, stimuli, event, some sort of thing occurs and it passes through, imagine all of life, your experience of life passing through the subconscious mind, and the mind is like a lens, the subconscious, and, it, and that's how your experience is, or that's your experience, that's how the mind is interpreting the stimuli and then giving you this experience of whatever it is, death, love, you name it, right? And then that creates a feeling in the body based off of past events, You understand? And then the conscious mind steps in and starts to elaborate on that feeling. And then when it starts to elaborate on it and fantasize about it, it gets worse. And the feeling becomes more intense. And as the feeling intensifies, now you have a behavior that you have to commit to either quell this feeling or maintain this feeling. Either push the feeling away or try to maintain it desperately um you know uh it's like you know we're either spending time pushing sadness anger and whatever away and then trying to promote maintain happiness or pleasure rather um another so that's that's the way that's happening is that you that's the subconscious is your experience of life and based off the subconscious you're you're going to experience these conscious thoughts that are rooted in the subconscious mind. That is the subtle body. So these thoughts, the way of thinking, the way of doing all this is your experience of life. So that is your experience of this incarnation. That is even your experience of yourself. Like I said, I've spent a long time not wanting to experience me fully you know and and by dedicating myself to the incarnation i am this thing right now i'm going to inhabit it fully you know and and honestly i just decided that nobody was you know interested or capable of dealing with this thing you know and i meet somebody that likes this thing <laughs> which makes me feel good right I go from feeling unlovable to somebody that can be appreciated by somebody else. It's nice. Um, so to begin to use the word experience as opposed to the idea of you thinking the thoughts, that you're experiencing these thoughts. You know, hey, um, man, thought, this thought just came up. Like I say that a lot, like, hey, you know, this thought keeps coming up. I try to do that, right? And it's just another way of separating myself from my mind and making me more of a watcher. And in Buddhism, that's called cultivating witness consciousness or metacognition, thinking about thinking. Right? You are thinking about thinking. You are now conscious of thought. You're conscious of the activity of the mind. And moreover, you're conscious that you're not it. You're not the mind. That's not you. And you're not the body. That's not you either. And you can go through the entire body and say, well, you know, it's pieces of me. Is it? So if I cut off your foot and I send it to Singapore, do you now live in Singapore and the United States or wherever you're from? No. You wouldn't say that at all. If I set fire to your foot and burn it up in its ash and I give you a vial of it, would you say, I live in a vial and here? Like, no. You wouldn't do that. And then, so you can go through the entire body like that. Like, these are my feet, they're my feet, I can do what I want them, but they're not who I am. I have eyes, these are my eyes. Are they who I am? Now, they might be how people identify me when I had an extremely long beard People identified me with my beard. It was part of my identity. I shaved it off. Am I any less me? Well, Troy would say yes. He says that he uh, believed me more when I had a long beard and that he uh, thought I was wiser. Um, You know, maybe he's right. But uh, yeah, you're not any less you. So then you go through the body and you can't find who you are. And then you go into the mind. And someone might say, you are your thoughts. I think it's a weird way to say that. I think that you, um, because I mean, which thought, right? You're having a lot of thoughts. Or you are your actions, which is another dumb one. It's like, well, which one? And they usually only meet the bad ones. They don't mean like the normal shit. Like, I also wiped my ass and made toast today. So am I those things too? Like, that's just people trying to define you by, you know, actions and things like that. But you go through and you start to have a little trouble finding you. Especially if you are identified with the body and you're identified with your thoughts and your feelings and all this constant changing shit, then it gets very difficult. You have trouble finding you. There is no you. You don't exist. The you as a concept, as an identity, as an ego structure doesn't have existence. It can't because it doesn't have an objective reality. Your body has an objective reality as an object, right? But I sit in a room with 25 people. There's 25 different identities for me. And then there's the one I have. And then if I'm very attached to my identity because I think it's stable and solid and that's me, then I'm going to be very... I'm have a very hard time trying to get you all on board. We talked about non-self that one day. Right? So, the mind is an experience. It's an event. It's not an object. It's not a thing. And this is food for thought, just think about it, you know spend some time with it you know, consider what the mind is right uh, we'll get more into like the different pieces, like the subconscious and the conscious mind and how to change that but consider the mind as an experience and not as you you experience the mind right, like your system digests food you don't actively decide to move things around your intestines, they just kind of do it your lungs do their thing, your heart does that thing, the blood pumps, it's just doing you know, one of the interesting things about pranayama is that breath is the only thing you can more or less kind of control to work with it to change the feelings of the body the thoughts of the mind it's very interesting. Um, that's, uh, yeah. So you got to think the heart's doing its thing, the eyes are doing their thing. You know, you got to close them to get them, then you're, they don't just shut off. Your bowels, your intestines. So start to think about, again, no pun intended. Consider the mind rather as an event something to be experienced sit down and spend some time with that those of you with the meditation practice, turn off your stupid fucking app you're doing meditation with and actually sit in meditation um, and notice that thoughts just pop up that's it they mean nothing you know, it's like when I do meditation with people and I teach them, and I always ask, What's the difference in when you're sitting in meditation and when you're out moving around through the world? The mind doesn't stop, it constantly produces phenomena, and that's about it. And then the body responds to that phenomena, and then the mind needs to do something about the way the body feels, and it's just a loop. That's it until you start to generate different phenomena. So the idea of free will and the idea of choice and decisions are very interesting because um, I don't see free will or choices as immediate. They are a thing in a way, but I see the mind the way I see social media. It has an algorithm. The, the things that you, the thoughts rather, that you interact with, you see more of. You don't have to like it, but if you interacted with it, it counts as a reach, it counts as an interaction, it counts as a like, and then you just see more of it. So I kind of, I always use Facebook as an example because you can give different responses to a post. All of those responses will mean that you'll see more of those kinds of posts, which is interesting because your mind works the same way. It has an algorithm. You think the way you think because that's how you always think. But when it comes time, you're like, you know, I want a different experience of life. I'm experiencing it through the mind. Okay, I get that. I'm experiencing it through the subconscious. Okay, I get that. But how do I change it? If I want to see different things come up in my feed, I have to start interacting with different things. right um, you create. so that would happen with the mind through meditation begin the practice of creating enough space that throughout the day as thoughts come up you can create a new space and as that thought comes up you have the ability to look at it notice it and notice that ah this is that same old thought it's not first thought wrong thought it's that the first thought is just the habitual thought it's the thought you always think in that that situation it's the way you always think in those situations so you create a little bit of space and then you just start to consider the thought and then you maybe think about it differently. Well, am I taking this personally? Maybe this isn't personal. Maybe this has nothing to do with me. See what I'm saying? You just start to do those sorts of things. And when you do those sorts of things, you start to create neural pathways, uh, options, possibilities for the, for the mind. The mind now knows, well, this is also a possibility. Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's not me. Maybe it's them. These ways of thinking are just neural pathways, and you just slowly start to create new ones. Not so that you immediately change your entire experience of life, that's not gonna happen. But over time, it begins to change. It just takes time. But you first have to begin experiencing the mind instead of being the mind all the time. Instead of being the body and all these things, you start to experience it. I do it a lot when I'm running. I don't really associate with it. I just run, and I see it as a horse or a machine that needs tweaking here, tweaking there, and you know, I try not to identify with it too closely. That's a great practice in letting go of the body. As running, um, or at least seeing it as a machine or an object. For me, it works. Um, so that's it. The mind doesn't exist. You know, actually, I actually need to mention I said, A minute ago, I said you don't exist, and you don't. You being the concept of you. Right? Like my Keithness, like, I mean, you experience it, but you experience your own version of my Keithness the way I experience my own version of my Keithness. So for something to exist, It has to have an objective reality, which means it's free of opinions, tastes, and preferences. Well, you seem to have, a general you, seem to have opinions, preferences, and tastes when it comes to my personality. I have preferences about my personality. So it's a subjective experience. And there's a thing in our culture where we act like things that are objectively true or real mean more than things that are subjective, and it doesn't. Your entire experience of politics, religion, and life is subjective a subjective experience and some of you are twisting on that right now and you're like ah but it is we might be in a room and something horrible happens we all feel that it's horrible we all agree that but it's for slightly different reasons doesn't mean we don't find common ground or anything it just means hey you know something that happens with children if you have kids is going to affect you differently than someone like me who doesn't have kids right it'll like we can both agree this is a shitty bad situation but we're going to see it bad for various different reasons just slightly maybe i don't know so when i say you don't exist i mean just the personality structure the, the this thing it's it's relative and it's you know subjective so that's it for the mind um if you'd like to support the ongoing effort that this is um you can do that theinfinitesparkofbeing.com. There's a Patreon. There is uh, Venmo. <laughs> there's um, t-shirts. There's books. There's prints. There's stuff. Um, I want to make this more of a thing, you know. Especially in 2023, I want to dedicate more time to this. I feel that I've really neglected it this year, but I've truthfully I've gone through a lot in the last two years. Um, you know, so you know, that's been a thing. Um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, questions, comments, reach out. Uh, we know each other. We've been doing this a long time. You and I, uh, we're old friends. I love you.